Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 176 here. Oh, and we got a sub right off the bat. Ride 4. Greetings. Much love. And uh, Altai here, joined by... Remote. Here we are, another week, episode number 176. Isn't that crazy? We've been doing this for over three years now. It is crazy. Oof, the time passes. Three years. And let's... It's almost like I kind of want to do a, a look back episode, but maybe we can do that at the end of the year. We still have another, uh, at least another week to go for that. A retrospective. Ooh, that's a very fancy way of saying look back. All right, I like that term, retrospective. But uh, what's on the docket today, Alf? Any, 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 uh, any weekly raid this week? Uh, no weekly raid, but I'll do a quick one right here. And we got a big game coming out tomorrow. A yeah. super ambitious game. A game that was only announced this month, right? At the beginning of this month. And if somebody told me the feature list for this game. And said they were going to do a Kickstarter and it's going to come out in like five years, and all this going to do, it's going to do all this stuff. I wouldn't have believed it, but mm-hmm. uh, they took a very different tact and they said, "You know what? Game's ready tomorrow. Go try it. Tell me what you guys think." This game is going to have forty thousand people on a server, one server. Uh, the map size is uh, twelve hundred times bigger than the map in Ark Survival Evolved, and I mentioned that because it is by the same people that made that game, uh, Unreal Four, and. It's going to have ship battles and territory control and guild alliance and politics mm-hmm. and still the whole chopping trees and collecting rocks elements. So this is basically what Amazon promised us, like, what, three years ago, two years ago? With New Forever World? ago with New World. And, and we still got nothing. Happened. We yeah. got nothing. And then here comes Studio Wildcard. It says, bam, you're getting, you're getting it in three weeks. And that's going to be tomorrow, the launch. Yeah, so I, yeah. I looked at the trailer. You show that off. And it, it looks it looks mega hype. And it, it's also coming off the heels of... um. I would say a pretty rather disappointing game of, uh, but what was it? Was a pirates game for Microsoft? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. I mean, the concept of Sea of, sea of Thieves is interesting, but when I played Sea of Thieves, and when I just saw how like lack of ambition it was, the game has like sixteen players per server. Like, what the fuck? Sixteen players in this giant ass ocean? You almost never see anybody. I, I think why I played the game, I, I encountered like I played for at least like five six hours, and I encountered like three people the entire time, and I was looking for people to mess around with. Which is really weird. Whereas this game is taking a completely different approach. It's having 16-player servers, like you said, up to 40,000 in this giant, concurrent, massive, persistent world. Now, which is pretty intense. There is a lot of healthy skepticism, including this yes. chat. And I'm not trying to be a hype machine here. You know what? I bet it will lag like shit tomorrow, right? And it might never work. But what I'm saying here, and what I'm defending, and what I really like, and I want to see more of, and I will be buying it. It's $30. It's not free to play. It's 30 bucks one-time purchase. And the reason I'm going to support it is because even if it sucks ass, guess what? They didn't drag our... They didn't drag us around and yank us around for five years, you know, with these, like, early pre-sale, uh, pre-order, alpha founders pack edition. Uh, $100 bundles, $200 Come shit. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired of all that. You know what? Here's the game. It's coming out in two weeks. 30 bucks. Buy it or wait. Whatever, man. So, you know what? If you don't want to buy it tomorrow, wait a week and see what people think. You don't have to wait mm-hmm. five years. You don't have to wait eight years. So, I am very, very hopeful. Uh, pass or fail, this game, I think, I hope this model of announcing a game and actually coming out, you know, like that year or that month even is, is an amazing uh, uh, change of pace for the MMO industry and I want to see more of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the game looks beautiful, mate. I, I am a little, one thing I'm a little hesitant about is just how awful it's going to run. It's by Studio Wildcard. They're the ones that are doing, uh, that are doing Arc Survival Evolved and I, if you've played Arc Survival Evolved or even the Battle Royale spinoff, the game never really ran very well. Like, it, it, the engine, I don't know what it was, but I never got a good frames in that game. It, it just never optimized really well. The way I, I mean, Rust also ran pretty poorly until like somewhat more recently. But having 40,000 players and a map that's 1,200 times the scale of uh, Arc, I'm just hoping it runs really well. That's like my biggest concern. Because if a game doesn't run well or runs like ass, it's going to instantly kill the game for me. I mean, the biggest turnoff for Bless for me was just how awful it ran. Because if it ran well, maybe there was something there worth playing, even though it was still kind of generic. There was something there worth exploring. But because of how ass it ran, it just, it just, it just, you just couldn't play Bless. The game was garbage because it just ran so poorly. So this trailer looks nice, and everything's running smoothly in the trailer. But we'll see how it actually ends up looking in game. Uh, yeah, and it is. Someone asked, it's going to be running Unreal Engine four, which is the same as Arc. So mm-hmm. that could be make you a little skeptical. But I'm hopeful that the previous year and this year, the 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 updates made to the Unreal Engine, specifically by Epic, which runs the engine, to accommodate their own game, Fortnite. The scale of it, the size. I remember when Fortnite first came out. I think the tick rate was like what, like twelve or something. And now it's running beautifully, Fortnite. And I think it's because they poured a lot of resources uh, into making the engine more accommodating of multiplayer, you know, multi- with lots of players. Uh, mm-hmm. With that said, 
what these guys are trying to do with Atlas is you know way more ambitious than anything Fortnite does, right? With like 100 players. Yeah. Uh, so but so it, I here's the thing, guys. When this game goes live on Steam tomorrow, it's gonna crash. Like it's gonna be a, a disaster. I, yeah, for the first of day. Yes, so has it, to be. If you want to avoid the first day clusterfuck, just wait. But at this point, I kind of I'm, I'm used to the clusterfuck. You know, we we did it with Conan Exiles, which is probably still a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diablo three when it launched by Blizzard, big company, big you know used to big launches. It was a clusterfuck. So it's just something to be expected with with games of this size. I also wish there's. I'm really hoping there's a lot to do in the game too, because if you played um, in the Pirates game, uh, I keep forgetting the name. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, the Microsoft Pirates game with 16 players, like there was nothing to do after the. If you played the game for like six hours, you explore like everything there was to do in the game at launch, which was terrible, you know. So I'm hoping there's a lot. Of, there's some depth here, and with territory controls, just having 40,000 players, kind of even if there's like a lot of a lot of functionality in the game, having that many people is going to create their own like mini dramas. You know, like you're going to hate certain people, you're going to go after them, try to you know, control certain areas. Just having a lot of players in one room creates like it stirs the pot. You know, it creates a lot of controversy. It creates a lot of, you know, like people making their own enemies. So it's going to create its own story by having so many players. Exactly. So even if they're, yeah, if they're light on content, they'll be carried a bit by that. But I still want there to be a shit ton of stuff to do. I want to be able to build tons of different kinds of ships, tons of different kinds of bases, different weapons. I, I, I want there to be a lot to do in the game. Exactly. And and unlike Sea of Thieves, like you said, it's only like, what, 16 players or something? Yeah. So you can't have any... And, and they're not persistent. There's no persistence, yeah. right? You just sail no. off um, yeah. into an instance. This is, this is all persistent. So at least you have the ability to have your own story, like you said. And and then the developers in an interview specifically said they were inspired by Eve Online's uh, politic and territory system. So they want mm-hmm. guilds and alliances and groups of people to fight over uh, over long periods of time, you know, months, over certain territories and islands. So it's very ambitious, and this is kind of this is kind of the dream game I was waiting for since I played Eve. I wanted a more grounded Eve, you know, with like a physical walls and units, and you know, because Eve is just a huge uh, math simulator, basically. Uh, so this, and again, I, I'm not trying to hype it up. It's probably just going to be a buggy mess, right? But what, regardless of the fact, the fact that they are releasing it into your hands instead of just making these promises and, and then just taking your money for five years. Oh, Camelot Unchained, Crowfall, fucking Chronicles of Illyria. Uh, some of these games have been like in Star the Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Like, oh my God, I'm so tired of having my dick yanked for the last like six years of some of these games. Like, what the fuck? Now, original Star Citizen release date was supposed to be like in like two years or something or whatever it was on the original Kickstarter page. It's been it's been forever. So look, like I said, the game's gonna come out, and they're actually owned. Studio Wildcard is owned by a Chinese company. They're owned by Snail Games. Yep. They got bought out like in the past, and they kind of didn't disclose it, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they're owned by a Chinese company, like Chinese companies are very shady in monetization, and they're very heavy on going pay to win. We we, we all know that, obviously. But they also have a remarkable ability to get shit done sometimes. Like Chinese games, they release quick. And for the most part, they're pretty well optimized. They, they, they just work. Now, I've played some Chinese Battle Royale games. I've played uh, I played a Chinese Overwatch clone the other day. They run really well. For some reason, ch- Chinese companies, Chinese developers, they know how to rip. They, they're really good at copying American games. They, they love violating copyrights. They love cheating video games. And they, they're just really good programmers, I guess, because that shit always works. Now, I played three. I played 300 Heroes. Okay, it's like. We, we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago or last week. Like, the most the weirdest battle, the weirdest mobile game, which completely knock off of the league and copies copyright characters from every other game. But that game runs beautifully from, from champ select to loading time to when you're in the game. Ready? If you play League of Legends, after everybody picks their champion, we're all locked in. You know, it says, you see the splash screen for League of Legends, it pops up and there's a big loading screen. Uh oh. Oh, you're froze. In 300, in, 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 in 300 heroes, okay, with in 300 heroes, with it's a seven versus seven game with 14 players. It loads in under two seconds. Two seconds to go from, you know, everyone locked in to being in the game. Two seconds. God bless those Chinese and their their uncanny ability to get shit done. All right. They don't know how to they don't know how to monetize fairly, maybe design good games, but they got the optimizations down. All right. I especially like what you said that reminded me of um, the Counter Strike game we tried. Um, mm-hmm. what was it was uh, Danger Zone. So Counter Strike has a battle royale with 18 players now. And all mm-hmm. when you queue in, all 18 players have to click ready, like accept. And mm-hmm. if one of them doesn't do that, everybody gets kicked back into the queue. So the first time oh. I played the game, I actually happened three times. Three times at least one person wasn't ready. And remember, it, it gives them time before it is. It, it, it's not like they clicked not ready. They just waited the timer out. So we, it took a long time to get into a game, which was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. At least, at least, at least the Chinese got that figured out. So I'm optimistic yeah. on that front. And uh, you played uh, Ring of Elysium a lot lately as well, right? 
Yeah, I played with Canaris and a couple of my buddies. I I have at least like ten hours or more maybe in Ring of Elysium, and like it's another Chinese developed game. It's sixteen hours. It's by ten. It came out of nowhere. Like I remember when I saw it on the on the mm-hmm. Steam, I was like, wow. And I played it, and you know, I I didn't keep playing it like you did, but it worked. It was a functioning, you know, full scale battle royale. You know, it runs beautifully. Uh, they only have sixty players per map, which is kind of sad compared to like hundred for Fortnite and PUBG. But it runs beautifully. It runs way better. Infinitely better than PUBG, which is a better comparison, I think, because it's still got it's like a tactical game like PUBG with with bullet drop and bullet travel time and these little details that you know Fortnite doesn't really have. Fortnite was mostly hit scan except for snipers and stuff, but it doesn't have the hundred players. But it still runs beautifully, and and, and I like the game a lot. It actually, does a lot different. At least they actually innovated with uh, with this one as well. Every other battle royale game, you, you fight to be the last one standing. I'll tell you, I don't know if you made it to the end of. Uh, of ring releasing, but it's really, really intense because basically on the last circle, there's like usually 15 players, 20 players remaining, right? And the last circle, there's basically a helicopter appears, and it, and it drops a, a rope ladder and says, you know, there's only thought, there's, there's only seats for four people. Get on quick, and then you four four players make it to the helicopter. If you don't make the helicopter, you lose. And obviously, when you're climbing the helicopter rope ladder, you can get shot by anyone else camping it, you know. Oh. So funny. you go for the full YOLO. The second it drops, you just YOLO for and hope nobody shoots you. Or you, you wait to shoot everybody else, or you shoot smoke grenades, or you give your guy, your friend cover who's climbing it. Like there's, there's a few ways to approach it, and it's interesting because even if you got the most frags, if you're the last one saying it doesn't matter. You got to make the helicopter to win, which is which it's kind of neat, you know. Yeah, I do like that. I like the fact that the sole purpose of the game is not just to kill each other. Yeah, it's to escape, right? And obviously, killing people helps you along the way there. Mm-hmm. It's neat, definitely a neat concept. And Chinese are, you know, I, I respect Chinese game developers, right? They get shit done. Indeed. All right, what, what do you got for us this week? I got I got one story about Niantic and Pokemon Go that I want to get off. It's a fun one. Let's talk about that. All right, so everyone knows Pokemon Go. We all played it for like a week and stopped, right? But apparently it's still making a lot of money. A ton of money. A lot of money. Yes. In fact, Niantic, which is a company that makes Pokemon Go, is now worth $4 billion. And to put that into perspective... That is more than the entire value of Square Enix, the company that makes all Oof. all those games, all the Final Fantasy games, the Dragon Quest games. They have an MMORPG, or two, or three, actually, Dragon Quest, FF11, and 14. They got yeah. a whole bunch of mobile games. A whole yet, bunch of you know mainline console games as well. You know, you know, big franchises. They own the Tomb Raider games as well. With, that's with, true. You know, Tomb Raider, they own yeah. a lot. You know, Square Enix is, is almost like his, his historic gaming company. You know, they're... They're, they've been around for such a long time. They have major franchises. And here comes Pokemon Go with literally like one game, which is actually just a reskin of Ingress, their other game. And they're worth $4 billion. And all of Square Enix is worth $3.28 billion, which is nuts. It, it's absolutely life is strange as well. It, it's crazy that this company comes out of you know, nowhere and makes uh, Pokemon Go and being, being worth $4 billion. Oof. Time to buy Square Enix stock, boys. That's the play. That's your. That's your. That's- no financial advice of the week. That's the takeaway? What about Pokemon Go stock? Go buy some Pokemon. Nah, well, go buy Nintendo stock as well if you want. But uh, I think Nintendo's a better play because they, well, they indirectly own the IP for that. I, I, you know, as, as some people are aware, I actually follow uh, the, these gaming companies quite, quite closely. I, I do quite a bit of investing as well. And companies like Square Enix, Nintendo, Activision Blizzard, EA, these are always on my, 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 my agenda. Now, I, I actually owned Square Enix for a while. I sold. I made a lot of money investing with them. And uh, they're actually unbelievably cheap now. So that is uh, that is actually, this is not financial advice, but go buy Square Enix. All right, that's my disclosure. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say that, but inside, we, we inside uh, advice there. Yeah. Actually, just just to let you know, just how insane mobile is as well. We've talked about this in the past, but like I wanted to get a small update to this story. And this is why we're only gonna get mobile games, boys. This is this this is a, a, an article I put back up in August about about Fire Emblem Heroes making four hundred million dollars. And it makes more than the, it made more. So, Fire Emblem Heroes made more money than the last ten best-selling Fire Emblem games combined in total revenue. Right. However, I have an update. I have an update to the story right now that uh, that the game actually made four hundred sixty-five million dollars in revenue in, since since release. Now, so the number has been updated by sixty-five million. So, as of today, Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile has made more money. Get this than literally every other Fire Emblem game combined in history. Add up every other Fire Emblem game, every platform. Fire Emblem Heroes has made more money than all of those combined, which is absolutely nuts. And, and guess what? I bet you Fire Emblem Heroes probably cost the least to make out of, out of all the big games. They're new. Oh, by the way, they were passed by Draconica. 
Did you hear about that? Draconica Lost or whatever it's called? Dragalia Lost. Dragalia yeah. Lost. That actually had made more money recently, this last month, than Fire uh, Emblem. So I think Nintendo is going to figure out that the money is in mobile. Yeah, so if you look at actually um, what was pretty astounding on the, on the Dragalia Lost figures, Sensor Tower. I actually, you know, if you're interested in these mobile game stats, I, do, I dropped the link to it, by the way. It's, um, it's a Sensor Tower. It has really good data on basically all these mobile games. So Nintendo's Dragalia Lost has made $50 million since launching in September. Obviously, it made less revenue overall in the first two launch months than the Fire Emblem Heroes, but the money they make per user is actually insanely high. So since release between Japan and the US, the game makes about $22 per install, which is insane. Have you downloaded Dragalia Lost? On average, everyone who's ever downloaded and installed this game has spent $22 on average, which is insane. That's like a, that's almost like a full budget game. $22 for a download? You know, these are free-to-play games. But the, the average person who downloads Dragalia Lost ends up spending $22. If you spent less than that, or you spent zero, you, you're, you're an anomaly, I guess. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. It's amazing. That is mind-blowing. Uh, by the way, for, just for reference take, Fire Emblem Heroes averaged about $9 per install during the first two months of its launch. So $22 is like almost you know, more than double what, uh, what Fire Emblem Heroes made on a per-user basis. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, check your mic by the way. You might have, you might have, oh. you dropped a bunch of stuff in the background. I don't know what uh, that was. I think I'm good. I'm, I'm just good. Are you better now? Yeah. yeah, you're better now. Actually, what, you know, going back to Atlas for a second, because before we move too much past that, I saw a pretty funny thread on on uh, on Reddit, which I have to share with you all. Thigh. So today's focus on the Atlas subreddit is there's no region lock, and there's a picture <laughs> here saying the Chinese are coming, which is, you know, oddly it's silly, but it's actually slightly worrying because if you if you've played any online games, I mean. I, this is not going to be very PC of me to say, but Chinese are generally cheaters. Okay, like they're 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 vastly more likely to be cheating in online games. And I, I had the data to back me up. You know, this ain't coming straight out of my ass. This is a real statistic. I mean, if you ever played PUBG on Steam, you know how bad it is. You know, everyone it became a meme. You know, everyone was spamming. Basically, every time PUBG launched an update, every single comment was region lock China in the comments. Every single one. And I think at one point, the developers of PUBG said something like, "Oh, you guys are just being racist." saying us the, the region log China. But if you look at the stats, Battle Eye themselves, the Battle Eye is responsible for is the anti-cheat built into PUBG. They themselves revealed that 99% of players they banned for cheating were Chinese. How is that possible? 99% of people that were cheating were Chinese. I mean, obviously, a lot of Chinese play the game. They're probably maybe like half the player base or something, right? But if 99% of the people you're banning are Chinese, there's something wrong. And I, I think it was, uh, we, we had a conversation about Chinese uh you, you read an interesting article a long time ago, you mentioned it to me, that cheating on standardized tests and stuff isn't necessarily frowned upon in China. Like, it, it's bad to get caught, but it's such like a... Like, you kind of expect it to try cheating. If you get away with it, it's like good for you. It's not like it's not, it's not as like frowned upon as it is here in the West. Do you remember that article or no, Altai? Vaguely. Do you, do you remember where it was from? Ooh, no, it's been, it's been at least like a year since you pointed out to me. But like, it's the, obviously, if you get caught cheating, you still flunk, right? But like, society kind of like expects you to try cheating you know yeah and, you're and, expected to do it and it's not just games that that is a universal thing in china so like even on yeah. like the entrance exams like cheating is just like a considered a strategy yeah. like an equally valid strategy of studying yeah oh you want you want the studying strategy i want the cheating strategy they're both viable you know like it's fine we both we both aced our test you know my my, my strat was better i did it in less time you know they're viable strats to get to you know it's almost like the, the ends do justify the means, you know, in that regards to cheating. And we've seen it across so many multiplayer games where the Chinese are also the ones that typically, you know, end up botting in mass, you know, which also breaking the, also a form of cheating a lot of games. So it, it happens. So a lot of people are concerned that, you know, the Chinese are going to end up ruining, uh, at least, you know, hurting the experience for Atlas. So I am not from the UK and I just did a quick Google thing, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a real website or not. Telegraph? Is this like a, is this like tabloid or is this real? I mean, it's a real big website. I don't know if they're a tabloid. So, okay. So, the headline is Riot After Chinese Teachers Try to Stop People's Cheating. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. All right. So, apparently, there, there's a big protest. They demand the right to cheat, boys. But, sorry, somebody come out to taste it. it, it uh, it's a news. So, it, it's a real source. So, it, it's so bizarre. Like, I remember reading articles like this, too. And it, it, it's so weird from the Western perspective that... And the data backs up too with how many people are getting banned in, in PUBG. So it really does create a good reason for Western gamers to want to region lock China. And it has nothing to do with racism. And I remember the point the PUBG developers actually mentioned that like, it was going to be a, a racist thing. 
if you wanted to region lock China. Ah, that's so weird. I got, I think I'm actually surprised. I thought Atlas was going to be region lock because I, I remember them saying mm-hmm. they're going to have two servers, one for, one for PvP, one for PvE, in each region they're in. Mm-hmm. So I so I would you would figure Asia or China at least would have its own region, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes no sense to me why they would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a mistake. Not from like a racist point, but just the server load perspective and the ping perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to find the exact quote about you know, the, ra- the people calling it racist, but it, it's I can't find it right now. But it's it's just it's just beyond bizarre that people can't just look at the data and be like, listen, it's in the, it's in our best interest to just region lock the area. Plus, I mean, China's a huge region, so they they could easily have their own player base to fill the servers. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, remember, there will be a, some kind of cap at forty k, because obviously you can't just have unlimited people on one server, and. I don't know. I just I think it just makes sense to have one server for America, one for Europe, and I'm not like you know. What what about people who think that even Europe should I think have its own server, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I don't think it's a race thing. I think it's just a common sense paying issue and server population. I mean, I mean, with with PUBG, it was just a cheating issue. I mean, nobody really cares about playing. You know, I, I don't think anyone reasonably cares who they're playing with. You know, if anything, if people are racist against Chinese, they want to play against Chinese and beat the, beat them in the game. You know, actually, I would disagree with that. I think I think Counter Strike did this. This is the first time I noticed this with Counter Strike. But I was mm-hmm. playing a Counter Strike match with somebody I think in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. And it kicked me off the server. And I I didn't cheat. And then I read about it, and they told me, oh, it's because your ping was too high. But if you got a, if you have a very high ping relative to the server, it actually messes other players' gameplay. Yes. You know, if you're like hiding behind a wall after you shoot or stuff, it, it, it could be weird if, if you're playing with, you know, 400 ping or something. So mm-hmm. I actually think just ping alone is a good enough excuse for this. You don't, you know, uh, cheating is another thing, but I think just ping alone is enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I think it's a good rule by Counter-Strike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Because with, with the way bullet register and how lag compensation works, yeah, it makes sense for the lower pings and stuff. Also, this this is this is a nice and not quite end of the year, but end of the year uh, tweet post by our boys over at Super Data. You know how much we love data here on the MOS.com podcast. I find this stuff very fascinating. These are the top ten free to play games across all platforms worldwide this year in terms of revenue. Can you guess what took number one, Altai? Without looking, uh, I already brought it up. All right, good old Fortnite Battle Royale wow. takes the number one spot because that's counting console, that's counting PC and mobile across all platforms. It is the highest grossing game. Of, uh, of 2018 so far. Now, I don't think they're counting Honor of Kings revenue correctly because according to Bloomberg data, that number should be like almost twice as much of what Fortnite's making. But based on their analytics, it looks like Honor of Kings sits at number two. Interestingly, you know, League of Legends wow. is not, not even number two. League of Legends is number five. All right, do you have any idea what the fuck QQ speed is, Altai? No clue. I- I'm going to guess a Chinese racing game on, on your phone. Yeah, we, sh- we should we should just, just search on YouTube, QQ speed. All right. Let's see what QQ speed... There, there are videos of this, so... It is a Chinese racing game. You're right, but who would have guessed it's a mobile racing game? Obviously, I, I I didn't know like these racing games were this popular. I mean, obviously here in America we get like like Forza, Forza, and like these like NASCAR racing games, and I don't know. They, we, we see them once in a while, right? Like, I've seen Astro them at least, but they're never like that big. They're like yeah, they'll sell like a million copies here and there, right? It it, it, it doesn't really move the needle. But if you look at QQ speed, apparently <laughs> it looks so bad. Like it's like this. It's like this like. Like I guess cartoon teenager, game, yeah. not even that cartoon. Like a teenager in this tiny, teeny tiny <laughs> uh, cart. It, it looks so silly. Well, you, what you're seeing is the is the default cart, all right? Alpha, you haven't seen the pay to win cart yet, all right? You want to uh, see the pay to win cart? See it. All right, that that boy's rocking the default gamer, all right? Once you bust out their credit card, you get the big <laughs> shit, all right? You get the woo, you get the speedy. Oh my god, how is this fair? Yeah, imagine racing against the other guy without any of those rockets on his fucking thing, all right? Damn. And you know, you know it's because of the Chinese game. There's 100% pay to win. Like, Bro, it's I, I've the same so video you linked me. All right, all right, you're just a different part of it. All right. All right, let's see what happens. Does he get a better cart later? No. Look, look, look how funny this looks. Like, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know what this tells me too. Nintendo is fucking stupid for not making a, like a, a mobile Mario Kart game already. Like, what the fuck is QQ Speed? Like, even Chinese players, they know what Mario Kart is, right? Yeah. If uh, they just, whoa, if, hold up, hold up. Look at these uh, item boxes in this game. All right, I'm looking. Okay, look, it's coming up. Oh my god, they're identical. They're identical. Yeah, they're to identical. You've got the squid. You've got the squid that drops the ink. Oh. I saw. I saw what item he got. <laughs> like, like, what is this game? Probably makes like it's like the fourth highest grossing game in the world, right? For free to play. So, 
it's insane that Nintendo is letting this go. Like, this is such a big market. And Nintendo could be like, you know what, Tencent? We're too dumb to make mobile games. Take Mario Kart and make it yourself. Like, they could do that. You know, Nintendo has been known to license their games. In fact, Nintendo's already at a point where they don't know. They've admitted they can't make mobile games. If you look at, like, all the mobile games they've already made, it was it was done by either Denna or Psy Games. You know, for example, Dragalia Lost. Nintendo, Nintendo didn't make Dragalia Lost. They just they partnered with Psy Games, a different, like, smaller game studio in Japan. They make, uh, they're also known for making Shadowverse, right? They made Dragalia Lost. It's almost like saying Blizzard is going to make Diablo Immortal. No, they're not. NetEase is making Diablo Immortal, and they're slapping the Blizzard name on it. Just like Dragalia Lost is slapping the Nintendo name on it. Nintendo's not making that shit. It's made of side games. And that's for every single Nintendo mobile game. Then I made um, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. It wasn't Nintendo that made it. So Nintendo is already in this business. And they're crazy for not just making a mobile Mario Kart in China. And they kick QQ Speed's ass. It is. It, oh, oh, he had a banana. This game, by the way, this game makes more money than League of Legends. Yep. This game makes over a billion dollars a year. This is a billion-dollar a billion dollar franchise, boys. You are seeing a billion-dollar franchise, QQ Speed. All right, let's go to some QQ Speed esports, all right, boys? Got to see some tournaments for this shit. Future gaming. You, know, you, you, you can get the golden uh, You get the golden item block if you pay uh, five bucks, all right? Increases chance to get star by 20% if you equip this hat. I guarantee... I, I bet you this game has got stuff like that. Oh, definitely. Uh, let me see if there's any other videos. Uh, let's see this one. I want to take a different level. Mm -hmm. I really want to see the cash shop. More importantly, I, I I I wish I could see the, like w what's in the cash shop. I can't. You know, maybe I can. Maybe I'll maybe I'll download it and let like Donut translate it for me. I was the cash shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I could find it. Like the game makes so much money that I I have no doubt it's gonna be paid to win. Because we can all download it because on mobile, mobile games are very easy to play. You, it, it, games don't do a very good job of like. IP blocking those versus PC games. A lot of PC games are IP blocked or region locked, but not uh, not these games. Oh, look at this racer. She's like an angel in like the Batmobile with a griffin or something. Pet. Ooh, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I like her vehicle. I like her. Go! Ooh, she's got, she's got a bird in there too. Damn, not sure what the birds do. Look at these drifts. Hype. Oh, damn. Oh, she messed up right there. Step it up, girl. All right, interesting game. But uh, yeah, right, so, so, yeah. What do you that's got? the th fourth biggest game, which is insane. Anything else on this list that's interesting for you, Altai? Let's go back to that list for a second. Where was that list? I'm surprised League of Legends is not higher. I mean, we've all Fair known enough. Dungeon Fighter Online was huge. You know, the game still makes more, it makes more money than World of Warcraft. But uh, League of Legends being so low on the list surprised me. I mean, uh, Pokemon Go was right afterwards. You know? I think League of Legends has definitely lost its cachet this year. And I see that, you know, in, in, mm -hmm. in just people not playing as much anymore. Yeah. I mean, MOBAs, I think, as a whole, have lost their cachet. You know, this year, we've already seen a, a big bombshell announcement from Blizzard saying, basically, HOTS is basically dead. You know, they're pulling all esports events for 2019. And like, that'd be one thing. They cut back marketing on it, right? That's one thing, right? That's, that's normal. Whatever. It's no big deal. But they, they're pulling away devs from the game to work on other titles. They made that announcement publicly. They're, they're going to get their best people off the game and do something else. Because they're, they're basically done with HOTS. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a... Let me find that article. There's a, yeah, it's probably one. one of the biggest, biggest like MOBA news of the week. You know, we've seen, we've talked about it in the podcast just how MOBAs were doing. I mean, League of Legends revenue is down twenty percent year over year. Now, Hots is basically giving up. You know, twenty eighteen I think is a pretty pivotal year. It's not the death of the MOBA. MOBAs aren't going to go away, right? But this is a turning point, I think, for MOBAs no longer being like the most popular genre in the world. You know, Battle Royale is kind of taking, you know, kind of kind of grabbing that headlight. But then again, you have Honor of Kings on mobile, took away a lot of those users as well. So if you count mobile revenues, I'm sure probably the mobile genre probably still grew overall. But Battle Royale came out of absolutely nowhere, and it's been dominating. I love the headline, guys, for this article announcing um, HOTS uh, basically stopping development for all intents mm -hmm. purposes. Heroes of the Storm news, dot, dot, dot. I cannot believe they went with that meme, the dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at the... Like, I want to show you just how crazy Battle Royale has been. I mean, obviously, me saying Battle Royale has gotten really big is only one thing. This is a chart from... It only goes to May of 2018. But if you look at the hours watched by genre across all platforms worldwide, for just, I guess, the counts Twitch, YouTube. These are, these are the kinds of... Like, look how much Battle Royale came out of nowhere in 2017. It exploded. 2017 to 2018. Battle Royale games are watched more than twice as much as MOBAs. And on top of that, we've seen, you know, Dota 2's numbers decline as well. Oh, wow. That's an interesting chart. 
yeah, for all uh, you know, people that play Hots. I mean, I, I I've enjoyed Hots quite a bit. Uh, the Cool Core. I, I have a few friends that play Hots as well. I've played a good amount of Hots. Ranked uh, ranked Masters in Hots for the last three seasons running. Easy clap. Uh, I don't play it that much, but I'm still sad to see you know, because I do think Alta made a good point in the pregame that if if I think Blizzard really screwed up with Hots. I mean, what they what they what they shouldn't have thrown all this money at it. What they did was they were really trying to create this esports scene when the game was too new and it didn't have an esports scene. Yes, you now, can't League of Legends didn't an have an esports scene at the beginning. Yep. See, I'll they talk about that. That, that. That's a really good observation you made. Right. So, I th I actually thought Hot was in a good place. It wasn't like mm -hmm. as big as League and Dota, but it was steadily growing, and I saw more and more people playing it like casually, right? And at the same mm -hmm. time, you had League and Dota losing players. Uh, I think Blizzard made the wrong decision in trying to kind of juice that growth and you know, boost it with all pouring all this money into esports, right? If you notice mm -hmm. the the major esports games like Counter-Strike and stuff, they initially started when out, even League started with outside companies, third parties just loving the game and, and running these tournaments, right? And then eventually Riot took it in-house with the with the what's mm -hmm. it called? I don't know, League or something, League Seasons or whatever. But initially the League pro scene was independent of Riot Games. Counter-Strike right? as well, all and, these games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Dota as well, Dota 1. Uh so that mean that there's real interest in the esports part, right? And then they poured gasoline on this lit fire. But what Blizzard tried to do with uh, Hot is they thought that by pouring the gasoline, the fire would just start on its own. You know, like so mm -hmm. it was a waste of money. It was the wrong thing. They should just slow burned and increase the you know the heroes or whatever the maps just made the game better, and that would have attracted you know esports people. And then once they're kind of playing for fun professionally, then you can kind of you know enter the scene. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's we've, bad. we've seen this yeah. mistake with a lot of game companies, not just you know, not just Blizzard. Like every game, they, they immediately try throwing money at like this esports scene and hoping like something happens out of it. But that's just money wasted. Like yeah. all those marketing dollars could be spent on just like solely developing the game, building an audience over time. Because when you when you spend money like crazy like that, if you don't see a return on that investment, like from the very high level, Blizzard's looking at hot, it's like oh shit, we lost like eighty million dollars in this game. Okay, time to cancel it. Like wait a minute, like you lost. X amount of money because you spent like $100 million on bullshit esports when the game is not ready for it yet. It's such a quick way to lose money. Like, it, it's so weird that games are doing this. Even more obscure games are launching, like, supporting esports now. Like, I showed you, like, the, the, there was a there was an esports scene for, I, I, actually, I looked at the official, uh, was it, Zula page? Like, this really obscure FPS game. Maybe it wasn't Zula. I forgot what it's called. Like, they, 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 they were trying to throw money at esports, and like, it's such a waste of money. You can't do that. Your game has to take off first. And then you spend money on it. Yes, exactly. You need to have an organic interest in people playing your game competitively, and then you can support them with all this infrastructure and prize money. But you yeah. can't start with that and then be like, all right, guys, our game is great now. Because all you do is raise expectations. You you raise the amount of money the company has to make to justify running that game. Uh, and then that's a problem, because if you can't meet that, then the game loses developers, like it happened with HOTS. Okay, so so this is the Zula Pro League right there. All right, and this game is in no position to be doing esports. They're just pissing away money. <laughs> this game is not big enough to justify this. Absolutely waste. Like they're never going to recoup that money. Like yeah. in fact, just trying to download and play Zula is a nightmare. Like it, 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 you, the, the launcher barely works. Okay, like just just like I wanted to play this game yesterday. I had to go through so many hoops. It, it, it's it's barely functional to even get into the game. Why are they spending money on esports? What an unbelievable waste of money. I mean, obviously, Hots is a bigger game than this too, but. Let the community build over time. And I think if you look at the super data research uh, numbers on, on HOTS and MOBAs as well, HOTS was actually gaining market share. Like Dota 2 was losing, League was dipping, HOTS was gaining. The trend was actually good for Here of the Storm. And the only reason I think it's going it, to it, it got pretty much canceled now is they looked at the financial results and they were making money on it. But of course, they were wasting money with it. That's why. They just let it run slowly. It would have been fine. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's sad because like, it was growing, it had people playing. You know, it, it didn't need this esports push out of nowhere. It just needed for the game to keep getting better. Oh, well, there it is, kneecapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirate Bath, is it Chinese CSGO knockoff? No, there are plenty of. Oh my God, this this guy's in dust. This is dust too. This is dust. Oh, he's in dust too. He's he's at B. What's going on? <laughs> they completely copied the. I never even seen this video. Holy shit! Oh, this is dust too. Oh, he's 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 going towards CD spawn. Double doors, baby. Oh, this guy's in pit. He's camping. Oh my god. Okay, this is this is a complete shameless ripoff. This is actually a Turkish game. Zula is a, a Turkish developed FPS game. Clearly, this map is a carbon copy of Dust 2. It's pretty hilarious. Gotta, oh. gotta respect them. 
uh, Butch Dragon. I almost forgot about Paragon. That's right. Even Epic had a MOBA that they uh, saw the writing on the wall and basically yanked. Oh, I don't know if you heard about this too. I think this happened last week. Hmm. Uh, Epic Games said we're stopping development on Unreal and uh, Unreal Tournament, which was always there in Unreal Launcher, even yeah. though it was kind of just kind of floating. Yeah, there. nobody played it. Yeah, we nobody... played it. We played it once. It was. It, was, it felt unfinished. You know, it felt like an engine test. Exactly, and uh, now it's. It's. I think it's still going to remain up actually, but they basically said we're not going to work on it. We we gave up on that, that project. Yeah, I mean that's fair. The game wasn't really going anywhere anyway. Yeah. Oof. Chinese. This is this is this is a Turkish knockoff. Good for them. I love this guy's gun. It's a glowing. Even the even the knives, right? So much of the playstyle in this game and the looks and the, the way the knives look are just so obviously shamelessly stolen from uh, from CS:GO. I mean, CS:GO is really the only FPS game that's been like standing like over all these years. CS like it doesn't need it doesn't need a refresh. It basically it's it's been it's been top dog for such a long time. You know, they don't release a new one every year. Or people keep coming back. You know what we should do? A pay-to-lose model. So, for example, I can't imagine these fluorescent guns helping you with the camouflage, right? No, definitely not. So, I think you're... Imagine you just pay for skins, but the skins make it easier to see you. Mm-hmm. So, you're actually paying for a disadvantage. That would be the big brain gaming right Ooh, there. I like it. Pay-to-lose gaming. I mean, uh, some things actually do that. Like, arguably, the, like some of the skins in Overwatch 2 are just literally pay-to-lose. <laughs> like if you get the, if you get like if you get the banana McCree skin where you're just wearing this like glowing yellow outfit like what are you doing? Like you can spot you so much easier than if you wore like normal clothes with the default skin. So some skins are already kind of like that, and it's definitely like that in uh, in this game as well. Pay for the bragging rights. All right, that's not Zula. Get that Zula out of there, boys. Get, get more, that get, Zula. Get the Zula out of here. Get the Zula out of there. I, I prefer my Chinese knockoffs to my Turkish knockoffs. All right. Uh, any other? Le- I have one bit of league news that I want to bring up. Uh, league is ending support for Windows XP and Ooh. Windows Vista in May 2019. So, if you're still running XP, what the hell are you doing? All right, it's, it's 2018. Get past that shit. I am curious if there's anybody out there who's seriously still primarily like games on Windows XP or Vin- Windows Vista, because uh, I don't know anybody like that. No, but there are still a lot of people stuck in the past, and I think especially in MMO gaming, like I think the idea that like this is this is actually news I think for a lot of players because I think we MMO game MMO players are typically very slow to change and we still play old games because you know one of our friends Surf he ends up he plays Diablo he was playing Diablo two for the last like week nonstop right he came back to Diablo two he he's playing a ten year a twenty year old game Diablo two he's been playing like nonstop in the last week or so and he runs Windows seven. He's playing a 20-year-old game on a 10-year-old operating system. And I feel like we MMO gamers are really fit this mold pretty well. For the most part, we play we play Tibia still. We play Rune. Some of the most popular games are still games like Tibia, RuneScape, you know, these these old MapleStory 1, like these old MMORPGs. They're still really popular, like crazy popular, actually. In fact, there's, there's, there's so few really successful new MMORPGs. I mean, Black Desert Online is probably the only one that comes to mind. Like, Blade of the Soul is already kind of old, but, like, it's not even that popular compared to some of the oldies, you know? It is still amazing what percent of Steam users play on Windows 7. So, Windows 10 is the most popular by a big margin, 63%. But then number two here is uh, Windows 7 at 26%. So wow. That, yeah, is, so, combined, they are 90% of the market. But still, 26.5%. That's a lot of players. For I didn't know Windows 7 was still that popular. Yeah, that's fine. Oof. That's pretty crazy. Everything it's just else, crazy. Yeah, everything else is pretty small. Like Linux, guys, remember when Linux was supposed to be a thing? Yeah, right. Desktop Linux, guys? Yeah, no, no thanks. You know, speaking about, you know, people copying dust too, like from that Zula video earlier. This is also pretty, this is, we talked about, a bit about this last week, but I read, I, I read this one just today about this, this, this guy named the Backpack Kid is suing Epic Games over the dance move. So he, he supposedly claims he invented this something called the floss where you know if you you know um, it doesn't show you but you see where his hands are going to go right you know right, kind of like right, swing right. back and forth right but what's funny is like he very clearly didn't invent the floss there's a video look at this video this is the first documented floss dance move documented go to, documented go to it's from 2012 go to 307 you click the the, you know, the, the you know, go to 307 and pay attention to the guy on the right oh you're right the, 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 he is literally doing that move and this asshole douchebag kid wants to get money from Epic Games. Like, come on! You clearly didn't invent... That, that, this kid's doing it on the 2012! And this guy did it, says he invented in 2016. Like, two years ago. <laughs> come on! Get out of here! Get out of here! He got Ace Attorney, right? Yeah. Objection. This douchebag. 
He looks like a douchebag, doesn't he? He does look. He looks very serious when he's dancing. He's, I gotta he say. looks. He's, he's, this, this, this boy's a douchebag. Well, did you see the Carlton dance? The Carlton is suing him too. Well, the Carlton dance is a very signature move, right? Arguably, he did admit that, but we, we talked about the, if, I don't think you can copyright these things anyway. I want to see the Carlton dance. Oh, here it is. All right. Let's, mm -hmm. find, let's find that. Oh, that my guy God, looks a like douchebag. a douchebag. I'm telling you that. I, just, just, he's got the douchebag face. And him suing that over something he clearly didn't invent makes him look even more douchey. Yeah, of course, Fortnite. Fortnite sells those dance emotes. But the Carlton is also stolen. He, he said so in an interview, Kappa. That's pretty interesting if it is. So he stole it too? Apparently, according to Fumiyu. Oh, but he's got the Kappa dance. I don't know. I but I don't think you can copyright dance moves anyway. Yeah, you so can. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to get anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is funny that that uh, this wasn't an issue last year, right? Mm -hmm. But it is now because Fortnite is just so big, right? Everybody wants a piece of that. Fortnite money. Yeah, but again, I think all these lawsuits will get thrown out anyway. We mentioned last week, you cannot copyright dance moves. You can only copyright choreography routines. So a single dance move is not copyrightable, but an entire routine would be, at least by U.S. law. And I'm pretty sure in most like Western countries, it's somewhat similar as well. So I, these, these, I mean, I think they're trying, they're trying to get some public sympathy, maybe uh, for Epic Games to throw them some money. But I think Epic Games is the, I don't know, I I think it's silly for these people to ask for. I mean, I can't blame them for trying to sue them to get money. I think we'd all do the same thing in their their, their shoes. But I, I don't think Epic Games will give them a penny. I mean, this is the company that, that that sues kids for making hacks and distributing hacks. All right, so it's good for them. Yeah, it is. It is. It is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that the Epic Store wasn't going to reviews uh, user reviews at least. I know that there's a huge store war brewing for 2019. Uh, Epic Games and both and Discord are both trying to take a piece of this uh, of Steam's pie. I mm -hmm. wonder if that will work. Uh, I think it'll only work if if Epic actually buys Discord, and then together Ooh. they can be a united front against. All right, MMOs.com prediction for 2019: Tencent and Epic Games will buy Discord and combine the Discord store with the Epic Games store to take on Steam as yep. a unified front between like social and store. Boom. And, and by having Fortnite on your platform already, you're already like the biggest game anyway. Yeah, Fortnite, I mean, Fortnite has like, over eight Steam. million concurrent. Yeah, more people play Fortnite gets more concurrent users than like everything on Steam combined. I think. Yeah, yep. yeah, it does. There are more people playing like Fortnite. Than there are like there's two million players in game right now, right on Steam, and it peaks. It looks like uh, like four point eight. We'll be generous up to five million, right? It peaks about five million, right? I think Fortnite peaks daily with like nine million concurrent users. So there's like twice as many people playing Fortnite then there is like literally everyone playing everything on Steam combined. So it would already be an instant like competitor to Steam. And having the Discord combine that with Epic Games and Discord, having all the social features of Discord, it could be I mean, it would actually probably kill Steam. Boom. There you go. I mean I like using Discord as well. I mean I, I love Discord, so just having all my games on there would be pretty convenient too. Oh do you got did you hear about the new humble bundle uh, monthly thing for next year? What is it? So if you, I know you're subscribed to it. Um, I'm a humble, I'm a humble monthly subscriber. Well, if you, I don't know if it's too late now, but they had a deal: hundred dollars one time upfront, and you get twelve months all next year. So you can unsubscribe. You, and do you that. save like twenty bucks. You save like twenty yeah, bucks. I mean, why not? Yeah, ninety nine dollars for twelve months of humble monthly games. All right, all right. Listen, listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a admission on on the on the mos.com podcast. We'll see if it's if it's forgivable. All right. Here's what I, I've been pirating: Sony Vegas the last 10 years okay it's like the sony editing software for videos right I, i've pirated it for 10 years however this last week on humble bundle they had a special package if you pay 25 dollars, they give you the sony bundle and you have access to sony vegas 15 the latest version i've been pirating this for the last 10 years i bought i paid 25 bucks i paid 25 dollars for the sony vegas through humble bundle now, does this absolve me of my copyright infringement for the last 10 years? I think yes. What do you think? I think yes. Stand Am I clean now? You're clean. Am I clean? You're I'm clean. We're good? That's how taxes work. You don't pay until you get caught, and then you pay, and you're clean, right? Yeah, I'm, pay I'm clean. I paid, I paid, I paid my 25 bucks. <laughs> the game, by the way, if you wanted to buy Sony Vegas, it was like $500 back in the day. And in my defense, I didn't use any of those advanced features. All I did was like basic movie maker shit, but like, yeah, obviously, it was still copyright. Don't be judging me, boys. You all be downloading music and shit, too, in the background, so... 
pay the minimum. I paid my 25 bucks. I got Sony Vegas 15 on my PC. I am clean. All my sins have been forgiven. It's like a baptism, right? Like no matter what you do, if you get baptized, boom, you're clean. All right. Yep. I'm, I am. I think it's in the Bible. Right. It's in the Bible. If you <laughs> if you pay for Sony Vegas 10 years after you pirated it, you're clean. All right. It's one of the Psalms. All right. Uh, Abraham 15 too. There you go. My favorite verse. Humble, hum humble baptize. <laughs> All right. I'm actually, yeah, I I'm glad that they're doing stuff like this. There are a few other programs that I've never bought that I might at the right price. You know what? One of them is Adobe, the Adobe Suit. It's $50 a month now, but they have a student discount. And it's like $20 a month. If it was $20 a month with like, let's say three concurrent users allowed, I think I would pay for it. I really think I would pay for it, but I'm not paying 50 for one. No way. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean if, you, if you use the Adobe Suite of everything, it makes sense. I mean, but we don't really use any of those anything through Adobe. I mean, I, I'd be willing to look, listen, listen. Before people start judging me as 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 a as a pirate, I want you to know I pay for Fraps, and I've been using the same paid version of Fraps for the last ten years to watermark and take screenshots of all the games on Mos.com. All right, I pay for most things. Mm -hmm. I I didn't pay for WinRAR though. No, well, you got seven zip now. How do you all sleep at night without paying for WinRAR? All right, yeah, that's right. I use seven zip it now, so I, I don't feel bad. Every time that that window came up saying. WinRAR is not free software, and you just close it out. <laughs> I want you to know you are you are taking food out of that man's baby's mouth. All right, you're depriving that man who made WinRAR. All right, it says WinRAR is not free every single time that message came up. Well, WinRAR is not free, baby rage. Let's, let's go back to games for a quick hot second. All right, hot uh, second. Let's go. We got another game, perhaps the only game that actually fits the MMO FPS title, Planet Side. Jumping on the Battle Royale bandwagon mm -hmm. with their own take on it. It's called Planetside Arena, sci-fi uh, Battle Royale. And I th what's what's the claim to fame here? I think it's in a 500 players or something? Yeah, really the only difference here is like the one thing in in this game is it's a 500 player Battle Royale mode, which is kind of cool. But what's what's remarkable about this one is it's a buy-to-play game. So it costs like uh, 20 bucks if you pre-order and 30 bucks at launch. But what's crazy is this doesn't, it's not really a new game. It, it really does feel like Daybreak. Just took Planet Side Two and like cut it up into pieces, right? Oh, cut up into game mode. You're right. It looks the exact same. It has the same classes, same weapons, same everything as as, as Planet Side, which is free to play, right? And they just they just cut it up into multiple pieces. You can play a deathmatch mode. You can play a battle rail mode. It's the same exact game. But obviously, Planet Side, on the other hand, was way more ambitious, right? Because Planet Side is an actual MMO FPS game, one of the only MMO FPS games out there. So it took a very ambitious title and just kind of cut it down into the modes that people want to play in a more action-packed environment. Um, curious. I mean, honestly, none of the game modes are interesting, but the battle royale mode only because 500 player battle royale is kind of cool, though. You got, you got to hand to them. At least that seems a little different. And uh, it's coming out in a month, which is a uh, not not, a long, mm -hmm. not not too long of a wait. So that's good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little skeptical on the price. Oh, must rush, rush be. There it is. Have you guys seen the high tail trailer? I have it actually. I've heard of the game though. It's uh, a group of modders for Minecraft. Uh, they actually. What is it called? High. I already High tail. High tail. There it is. H Y tail. It looks like a. It looks like mine. This just Minecraft. Is it Minecraft mod or? No, no. It's a, it's a separate game, and uh, it's by people who got their start making uh, mods for. Ooh, it looks really pretty. I mean, it, it looks right, very let's, much. Let's watch like, this. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen this yet, so I want to see it anyway. Yeah, it looks just like Minecraft. <laughs> so it, Minecraft. It, it's it's like a Minecraft clone. Uh, playing mini, uh, building, sharing mods, custom content. So it, it's, it's trying to be like a more, I guess, moderate. I mean, Minecraft is already very modern friendly already. So interesting. I like the farm aspect. It looks beautiful, but, but it, look, it looks like such a, a Minecraft clone. But there's been a lot of Minecraft clones out there. I mean, Hytale has got some credibility if it's by some people that made Minecraft, or at least they worked on it. There's been a lot of like Minecraft clones over the years, and, and none of them really took off. You know, Minecraft is, is one of the biggest games in the world. So it's going to be very hard, even if it's, like, even, even if it's slightly better. I mean, visually, it looks beautiful. But like, I don't know. It's going to be very tough to take any share away from Minecraft. Do we know when Ooh, this is coming out? Riot Games invested in them, too, apparently. Well, uh, Dedicated Doc says 2016 was the year of the MOBA. 2017 was the year of the Early Access Survival. 2018 was the year of the Battlegrounds FPS. What will 2019 be? What do you think, Altai? What will 2019 be? Yeah. It's a good question. Can I answer next week before the year ends? Fine. We can, we, we, we can think about it a bit more. All right, all right. I'll tell you what. 2019 will not be the year of Star Citizen. All right? I'm going to go ahead and bet <laughs> that that game is not coming out next year. All right? That's a all safe right? bet. 
That's a safe bet. I'll roll over my winnings from saying it wasn't going to come out this year into next year. I'm doubling down everything I, you know, I, I had the line on this one. The year of mobile. It's already, every year is the year of mobile. We've already looked at how just crazy these mobile games are already. Like I said, Fire Emblem Heroes making as much money as every Fire Emblem game ever made combined is insane. I would love for games like this to be more common because, you know, remember, <laughs> we, we've talked about this before, but all, all the new genres basically come from modders right yep. whether it's counter-strike whether it's moba battle royale right so if these guys start as modders and they make this somebody's going to use this to make more mods Ooh, live scripting built in these mod tools are built in and it's got social elements built in hightail is going to be a big success i'm calling it seeing this video calling makes me it. say like I, I i would invest they take my money hightail these guys are going to make money i think they're trying to capture like the hangout element. Like, a lot of people play Minecraft to hang out, not really to play the game. And Fortnite as well. If you can hang out in a world where you can script into the game directly, like, right from the get-go, if it's so open to modding, like, out of the box, that's going to be amazing, I think. Like, look like I said, every single big genre has come out of modding. Whether it was Battle Royale, whether it was mobile or tower defense. All three concepts are billion-dollar industries today created by mods for, like, RTS games and their old games. So I think the next big thing is going to come from modding as well. I mean... It's almost like they're going to take what Minecraft became and make it a more mod-friendly game. And it's going to be very heavy on player-created content, as we saw in this trailer. So this could this could be huge. Yeah, uh, it looks exciting. A few other companies in the past have tried to, to kind of dethrone Minecraft in this genre. Yeah. I remember there was one we played on where that shut down before actually launching. What was it called? Sky? Ooh, yeah. It was by the people that made uh, Crossfire, Smilegate. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they owned the UK studio that was making it. Sky yeah. something, right? Sky yeah. Saga. Sky Saga. Sky Saga, yes. And this, and this game, you know what? The, okay, here's the problem with Sky Saga, guys. They had, like, I think I got an email from them saying, hey, guys, we just launched uh, Alpha 15 or something. Yes, I had this, I, I, we, we pointed out, too, in our, in our previous podcast, like, many years, like, over a year ago, but, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, you can't, you can't have an Alpha 15, you know, like, you got to launch at some point, and they never launched. And uh, so I'm hoping Hytale, after this reveal, they launch. Because I read, I just read the FAQ live um, while we were talking, and it says they have no date yet. Which it's fine not to have a, a precise date, but you should at least know the year the game will come out by now. So I hope mm -hmm. uh, they don't drag their feet like this game did. Because remember, when this game, when I first played Alpha One, for this game, I was like, wow, this looks, this looks like Minecraft but better graphics. What, what's not to like, right? Like if you like mm -hmm. Minecraft, you'll love this. But then they yeah, took more combat stuff too. Yeah. yeah. But then four years later, they're still in Alpha. So I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Sky. Sky. My my email. I can see Sky Saga Alpha Nine is here as of uh, August 2016. That's when when Alpha Nine was out. Oh, there's more. Don't worry. Look, there's like Alpha yeah. Ten. This trailer shows them all. Alpha Ten. Let's see Alpha Eleven. Oh no, there's no Alpha Eleven. This one. Oh, Alpha Ten. Yeah. What is that? You can't have ten alphas. Come on. Yeah. Then you have uh, you have Atlas announcing itself and launching in like two weeks. You know, that's that's what I like. Yep. What do you think with the year of the new dodgy monetization? I do think monetization is going to push boundaries in 2019. You know, previously, I think previously, like, sacred concepts of, like, pay to win that wasn't, like, in, in, like enroached on PC, I think, can be, like, those, 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 those lines will be crossed, I think, in 2019. It happens in China all the time. Infinite Alpha. <laughs> Infinite Alpha. That's, that. there you go. I like it, Must Rush B. But then again, isn't isn't uh, isn't Warframe still in beta, or is, is that meme over yet? Well, look, some kind of ongoing open beta is whatever. But uh, yeah, they just I don't know. Did this, this guy saga people took way too long? And I remember I read mm -hmm. their um, their press release when they got shut down by the Chinese, mm -hmm. the Chinese owners, other oh, Korean owners. My bad. Yeah. And they said like, "Oh no, we just need a little more time. I can't believe they're doing this. It's very unfair. Like we hope we mm -hmm. can find. Like, come on, guys, you had all this time. Why aren't you launching?" Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Yeah, they, they, they took way too long. Nope, still beta for Warframe. All right, the cool core. I'm glad the meme is still alive. That Warframe is still technically in beta. Uh, John, though, I'm not optimistic for VR just yet. I like the I like the concept, but I think we have to give it at least on like five years. I think. Uh, I the problem think, is the no, the no tech way. is way behind still. Five We're still in years? Way better resolution. No at way. At least five years. I, at least like 15 years. Maybe. I mean, 27, 2018, I guess, showed us what VR can do. But nothing practical or interesting will come out of VR for a long time, I think. But, it, it, you know, it showed what it can do. Me too, Must Rush B. If they game with the Kickstarter and some bullshit, yeah, it would be nonsense. But the fact that they got backing, like, look, they, like, if you want to make a game and you're capable, 
there's money out there for you to have. Like companies like Riot Games, like we talk. I don't know if we talk too much about the financial aspect of like, like I'll tell you, I talk about this a lot, like off podcast. There is so much money slushing around in gaming right now, where game companies are eager to invest in new studios. Basically, they have a lot of big pile of cash they want to deploy into new ideas, which they they can't develop themselves. So there is so much money out there for aspiring game developers if they have the know-how, the credibility, they can build a good team. So there's resources out there. So when a company goes to Kickstarter, do you know what that tells you? When it, at least when it comes to like MMOs and these big budget games, when a game is on Kickstarter, it automatically tells you that they were they're they're too incompetent or incapable of raising money from from real game companies because the money's out there and eager to be spent. But if you can't raise money from them, it means you just don't have the, the know how to make the game, and and that describes some of our games that are in Kickstarter land very well. You know, Chronicles of Valyria, the guy has no experience making games. The uh, Asher Creation never made a game before. You know, a lot of the you know a lot of these people that are doing Kickstarter. Are doing it because they can't find money elsewhere. At least, yeah. what's his name? Uh, the the Camelot Chain guy. He's raised money from Kickstarter as well as from real game companies too. Yeah. And his ambition is a lot, you know, like lower. It's more realistic. I think it's too easy for us to be told one side of the story about how publishers or whatever are bad, right? And mm-hmm. and they're you know, they can go extreme too much in one way. But there's also the other extreme. You know, there's if you leave it to the creative type, like the art, the artist, right? Like the Chris Roberts, right? I have no <laughs> doubt he's a very creative guy. He was very successful in the past, but he clearly is somebody who needs to be reined in. Like his energy needs, needs to be focused. And when he's the boss, and nobody can tell him what, you know, hey, we got a ship, he's gonna go on forever. You know, he'll invent, he'll invent new features to add to his game forever. He'll never launch. So I think mm-hmm. I think there is value in the publisher, the investor, kind of narrowing your focus and getting the product actually made. There's also um, Hideo Kojima as well. I mean, everyone reveres him. I mean, we've, we played Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and I've, I played 1, 2, and 3. I haven't played 4 and 5. Right? I've only played 1, 2, and 3. And I've played them extensively. I mean, I've beaten, I've beaten 2 at least like two, at least twice. I've beaten, I've beaten 1 at least twice as well. Like, these are really good games. And obviously, Hideo Kojima, you know, is rightfully respected by a lot of gamers. But, you know, I'm curious to see where Death Stranding will take us because of all the stuff I read about Metal Gear Solid 5 and how long it took to come out and, you know, he, he, you can't leave it purely to the artist. It, there's a good balance in the world between between all these forces at work. Yep. We shall see. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I got a story. All right. What do you got, Altai? So it's been a light week for me. One of our favorite, and Omar's favorite specifically, gaming peripheral companies is Razer. You know, he's a big fan of the Death Adder, right? I'm actually. I love the Death Adder. My favorite mouse. I've been rocking this mouse for like eight years now. Yep. I've bought a few new ones, but I'm never going to switch mice. It just it just works. I have no reason to even try their mice. I am I'm happy with it. So they so they launched. They have keyboards as well, other peripherals, right? Uh, but yeah, they launched a very odd one recently that I thought was odd. Uh, so Razer is launching a router. You know, I've always wanted a gamer branded router. You know, that's what I always dream about uh, when I think about what how I can up my game, right? What? Who asked for this? Who asked for a Razer router? Uh, here's the here's spiel. Okay, like, I, don't, I don't care about these bullshit features about the Razer router. But here, if it can do this, I'll be impressed. If, if, if like, I have a Razer router and I go to, like, host a game on Warcraft 3 or I want to host a game on Netplay, on, on Dolphin, and it says, you're trying to use port number 7762, but it is closed. Would you like the Razer router to open the port automatically for you for your local IP? Yes or no? If you click yes and it can port forward in one click on Windows... You know what? I'll be impressed. That's a good gamer feature, which I doubt it's going to have. All right? If it had that, I'd be impressed. It looks like a console, kind of. It looks pretty sleek, I got to say. I like what Sharp Vandalay just said. I buy a Razer brand toilet paper because I'm a real gamer. <laughs> made with real razors. <laughs> it is. Uh, all their RGB stuff is kind of cringy. And their messaging of being a real gamer is definitely kind of cringy. I, I use a DOS keyboard. But for and my my headset is not is yeah Audio Technica. I love the Death Adder. That's my shill for for Razer. They're not paying me, but I, I this is my favorite mouse. Love this mouse. But I, I I've had I've had one of their headphones. Had I, I didn't like it. Broke very quickly on me. They're garbage. Razer they, yeah, headphones they, are garbage. I've never had a good Razer headphone. I've any, had two of them. Any headphone again. where like this hard this part here is hard plastic is garbage because when you take them off they crack. So I mm-hmm. always get these soft ones now that kind of stretch. Hmm. Who asked for this? Good question. Nobody asked for But hey, if it's a good router, good for them. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like... It almost feels like... like It makes... We, we've already been seeing gaming routers for a while. You had like the Nighthawk. Like the, I forgot who the Netgear makes the Nighthawk. You know, this game, you know when they, they slap the word gamer on it, the price goes up like double. Like the biggest scam in like, the, in like 
in game in, in like in PC hardware is the gamer tag. When you throw something gamer, it, it raised the price. Have you heard, the biggest scam is gamer motherboards. That's the biggest scam. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it's so stupid. You, you pay two hundred fifty bucks for a motherboard. Like, you must be like, and it, you have too much money. Like, those features, like, do you need four PCIe times sixteen slots? Do, do you need four of those? Are you gonna rock four uh, GTX two two eighties? No. Twenty eighties? No, of course not. Like, you don't need four of those. You don't need fifteen PCIe. Like, it's nonsense. Like, if you compare like a thirty dollar Fisher Price motherboard to a three hundred dollar Asus Reign of Gaming big dick edition guess what on all the benchmarks it's the exact same you get no benefit you all you get is the extra slots they offer which is fine you know if you need bluetooth if you need wireless built into your motherboard you need this built it's fine get that but you can get that for like less than 300 bucks i don't know anyone that, that pays 300 bucks for the gamer motherboard i mean if you want to go big dick you spend money on everything fine but just know you're not paying for anything Dude, i think how will people know how good i am at games if my motherboard doesn't have lights on rgb on it right yeah there you go i, I yeah there you go <laughs> All right. Well, that was my last one. Um, I'm looking forward to Atlas tomorrow. And cool. yeah, that's about it. Anything else? Yeah, that, that's it for me. It's been a pretty light week on news this week. All right. Fair enough. So then we will transition into the post game, guys. Thanks for watching. All right. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone, to the post game. And now we can play some more Destiny's Child, my favorite mobile game. <laughs>